Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. the first lesson of our new series entitled The Christian Mind. And when you look at society, the Lord has really led me to this topic as a result of just seeing all that is going on in today's world. There's so much of our minds that have been influenced. There's so much of our minds that have really been under pressure over the really the last year, year and a half. Uh, all the things that we've experienced. You can really just Google statistics and see that the mind is under attack, both the minds of Christians and of those in the world. And so as we go into this summer, my goal was to really take a couple of weeks and both give you biblical principles for what we'll teach and how those can apply to your mind, but also just some practical discussion things. I understand that maybe you're watching this or you're listening to this, or maybe you're even sitting in the classroom listening to this, and, uh, and you might think, well, this doesn't apply to me. My mind is safe. I've got a, I've got a great mind. My mind is secure. Um, well, great. Praise the Lord for it. Uh, But I can promise you that while you may not be struggling in your mind with maybe doubts or temptations or, or anxiety or depression, I promise you that there's probably someone that you're encountering each and every day that is. And so my goal is not to necessarily solve a problem in a humanistic way. My goal is not even really to maybe solve a problem that is much larger than what I will ever be able to do. My goal is to simply speak into a topic that is very relevant and very cultural right now with biblical principle. And so over the next couple of weeks, we'll be on Wednesday nights actually doing a practical teaching of walking through a couple of steps. And then on Sunday, we'll be doing a little bit more of a topical teaching where we talk talk about different battles of the mind. We'll be looking at character sketches and character studies from Scripture about how they battled those in their mind and how the Lord used it. But for tonight, I want us to look at lesson number one where we talk about it's time to change your mind is the title of the lesson. It's time to change your mind. We're going to read two verses, really one verse and two pass, or another passage. But Isaiah 26.3, which is really just a theme verse that you can maybe coincide with this series, says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. So let me just say right from the beginning and give you a principle that maybe you can take and run with right now, is that if you have peace that is absent in your life, if your life is experiencing the absence of peace, according to Scripture, the absence of peace is found in the absence of trust in God. Meaning this, that you will never experience true peace from God until you experience trusting God for who He is and what He can do. So the Bible says, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth thee. And then I want you to maybe look, and if you've got some time there, to turn to Genesis chapter number 6. This is really the introduction of Noah into Scripture. And verse number 5 says this, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart 
And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. I want you to go back up and look at verse number 5. He says this, When God looked down during Noah's time, and he saw man, this is what he saw. He saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. I think that we can identify with that in today's society as well. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And here's what I'm asking God to do through this series. I'm asking God, when he looks down on this earth, it's obvious he's going to see evil. It's obvious he's going to see wickedness. It's obvious that he's going to see evil imaginations of the thoughts of man's hearts. But my prayer is that through this series and through some of this teaching, that God would raise up some Noahs. That God would raise up some people that when the rest of the world is, seems like they're almost in some ways going crazy, almost falling deeper into sin, almost struggling with more temptation in their mind, while the rest of the world goes that route. I believe now more than ever that God needs people that are called by the name of Jesus Christ to rise up, be of a strong mind, have no fear, understand what God is doing, and be a Noah to the generation that is to come. And so with that in mind, I want us to really, before we even dive in, to look at just four quick truths out of Genesis chapter number six. This isn't really the crux of the lesson, but I want us to see this because Genesis chapter number six is such an interesting teaching to me. The first one is this, is the thoughts of mankind do not naturally tend toward goodness. You think about the, the magnitude of Genesis chapter number six, okay? Genesis 6 is just a few years into what we call the history of mankind. And yet just a few years into this, you already have people who the imagination of their thoughts are only evil continually, as Scripture says. So for all of us that want to say, well, we've been around for thousands of years, and so we must have gotten better. No, the natural state of man's mind does not tend toward goodness. It actually tends toward evil. Secondly is this, the thoughts of mankind do influence God. Sometimes we trick ourselves into believing that, well, what I think about and what I say doesn't matter or how I live my life doesn't matter to God. And maybe even there's people who are lost who believe that. Well, the way that I think doesn't matter to anyone else. It doesn't matter to God. What use is it? The fact is, is that according to this passage in Genesis chapter number six, when God looked down and saw the thoughts of mankind, it uses a strong word that he repented that he had made man. That is actually very impressive that God created mankind in perfection and yet just a few chapters after Genesis number, chapter number 1 in Genesis 6, he's already looking down and saying, this is messed up. And so they do, your thoughts do influence God. Thirdly is this, the thoughts of mankind do have consequences. I think we would all probably agree with that. Probably a lost person would even agree that our thoughts do have consequences. As a result of verse number five, the flood eventually comes later on in Genesis. And so our thoughts do have consequences. And the last thing is this. The thoughts of mankind can receive grace from the godly. It's interesting that in a story to where really God looks down and almost sees mankind as a mistake, that in the midst of all that, the grace of God is very evident through a man named Noah. 
And here's what I want you to really take to heart. And I've already mentioned it in the introduction, but here's what I want you to take to heart. Is could it be that while the rest of the world struggles with temptation and sin and anxiety and stress and, and some of these talking things of, that we're referring to so much in the mental health world, could it be that God is raising up some Noahs who can begin to build an ark, who can begin to show just how good God is to the rest of the world? I would encourage you maybe on your own to go and look up some of the startling statistics that our world is experiencing right now in the realm of mental health. Suicides are up. Depression is up. Anxiety is up. Stress is up. Fear is obviously up. All of those things are preying on our minds. And my goal is this, is to give you biblical principles that do not erase those things. There's going to be moments of depression. There's going to be moments of fear. There's going to be moments of stress. I don't know that you can escape them. But my goal is simply this, is to give you a biblical principle throughout this whole series that you can step back and that you can use to help offset those. That you can find the grace of God in the midst of stress. That it can be evident to you in those dark times of depression. That it can be something that applies to you when you're scared. That it can be something that reaches you in your lowest moments. And so with that in mind, here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at just three quick thoughts of what your mind does. And then we'll close with a game plan that we're going to use for the rest of the series. The first one is this. Is that your mind displays your faith. Your mind displays your faith. Romans chapter number 7, verses 14 through 25. The Bible says this, For we know the, that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do not, uh, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is more that I do it, but sin dwelleth in me. I find then a law. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. That passage actually kind of reads more like a Dr. Seuss story in some ways, a Dr. Seuss poem. But I hope that you can identify with Paul when he says, the things that I want to do for God, sometimes I don't do. The things that I don't want to do that are sinful and that are carnal and that are fleshly, sometimes those are the ones that I'm actually really good at doing. And so there begins to be this internal struggle. But he uses the word, the word mind two times. He says that there is a war against the law of my mind. But then he says this, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve, my, I myself serve the law of God. Meaning this, your mind and how it responds to sin and temptation, how it responds to difficult times, how it responds to fears, how it responds to discouraging times, how it responds to doubt is one of the greatest displays of your faith. 
when your flesh rises to the top, you're going to ignore that law. You're going to ignore that faith that is in your life. And so your mind displays your faith, but then notice secondly that your mind distracts your focus. I think we've all probably been in a moment to where we're sitting maybe and someone's even talking to us. Maybe right now as you're watching this video, you've zoned out and you've listened to 15 other things. You've thought of 10 other things. You've checked social media five times. You've thought of someone that you need to text, okay? All of those things happen. Your mind gets distracted. But many times what we allow our minds to dwell on by the end of the day often changes our focus. I've said this often in classes that it doesn't take a great Christian to be walking with God at six o'clock in the morning to open their Bible, to pray, everything's quiet, the birds are chirping perfectly, things are going right in their life. And it doesn't take much of a Christian to just have this intimate time alone with God. The question is not how close or how maybe in tune with God are you at six in the morning. The question is how in tune with God are you at two o'clock in the afternoon when a coworker has made you mad, when something bad has happened? How, how in tune are you with trusting God when maybe you get news of bad health, when maybe a financial crisis hits your life? And yet in this passage in Isaiah chapter number 26 that we read at the beginning, our mind distracts our focus. I think that if we took a vote right now, we would all say, how many of you believe that your mind should be focused on God? We'd get a 100% vote out of Christians. And yet many times we, lacked per we lack perfect peace from Isaiah 26 because our hearts and our minds are not stayed on God. Your mind distracts your focus. Would you take just a moment, maybe pull out a pen or pull out your phone? I want to give you a formula, okay? This was in our notes and in, uh, in our lesson that we gave in class. And it's, it's this formula. Focus plus trust equals peace. Focus plus trust equals peace. Many times we say, well, I trust God. That's great. But oftentimes we're distracted by things that are not of God. And so our focus is important. Well, I'm focused on God, and yes, you might be focused on God. You might have consumed chapters and chapters of Scripture, but you don't trust Him. So focus plus trust gives you this perfect peace that Isaiah describes in Isaiah 26.3 when he says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, which leads us to number three, is not only does our mind display our faith, and not only does our mind distract our focus, but lastly is this, your mind directs your future. Your mind directs your future. You want to know where you'll be 10 to 15 to 20 years from now? Look at what you're thinking about. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, it says, For as he thinketh in the heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. I want to share a quote from the book, What's on Your Mind, written by Dr. John Getch. He says this in the introduction of the book, if the thoughts of your heart became a reality in your actions, what kind of person would you be? God's Word tells us that we are headed in the direction of our thoughts. Your desires become your destination. And so with those thoughts in mind, here's what I want us to close with. I believe that as Christians, it's time for us to change our minds. It's time for us to be the Noahs of our generation. It's time for us to understand that our mind does not naturally tend toward goodness unless it's guided by God. 
It's time for us to understand that our mind is a display of our faith, that it often is distracted by our focus, and that eventually it is going to direct our future. And so you say, well, what can I do? How do I, how do I, how do I make it work? How do I put it all together? Here's our goal over the next couple of weeks. The first thing that we're going to talk about is restrict. What are you allowing into your mind? What are you focusing on? Where, where are you spending your time? How much are you consuming of this world? Let's just be honest that you probably are not going to have a strong mind if it's consuming hours and hours of Netflix and hours of social media and comparison and hours of maybe this digital world that's constantly being thrown at us. If you don't like where your mind is headed, let's step back and let's restrict what's coming into it. I'll use this illustration throughout the series that it would be crazy to look at a pond or a lake and say the water in it is dirty, it's not meeting certain levels, it's nasty, and to go and grab a bucket and start bailing water out because what we know is this, is that something is feeding that. And so if we don't like what's in the reservoir, if we don't like what is in the pool of our mind, let's look upstream and let's say let's eliminate and restrict what is coming into it rather than just trying to bail it out once it's already in there. So first of all, restrict. Secondly is refocus. Unfortunately, we don't have the opportunity to just think about nothing. We don't have the opportunity to just say, well, okay, I'm restricting everything that's bad, and so I'm just going to sit here and numblessly think about nothing. As soon as you try to do that, you're thinking about not thinking about something. So we're going to refocus. Rather than just saying, this is what I want to get out of my mind, we are now going to say, this is what I want to put in my mind. And our goal is to make that godly, spiritual, and biblical-based. And then thirdly is this, we want to renew. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 talks about the renewing of your mind. When we restrict and we refocus, it gives our, opportunity, our minds an opportunity to be renewed. And in your notes, or if you followed along with this series, we have number four is repeat. I would like to say that once you get to renew, that it's just going to be this nice smooth sailing until the end of your life. But unfortunately, culture, society, sin would not have it that way. You're going to face battles. And so there's going to be moments in your life to where you have to step back and reevaluate and say, okay, this is where I'm at. Once again, I've got to go back and I've got to restrict some things that I'm allowing in. I've got to change my focus and refocus onto Christ. And I've got to renew and allow God to do the work in my mind to renew it for His honor and for His glory. And so I hope you'll stick around with us as we study the Christian mind over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for watching and have a good day. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.